Let's pray for a moment before we look at the scriptures today. Father, we want to thank you. Father, I love those words in that last song. You are so faithful. You have been so faithful. And Father, I want to thank you that since Jesus uh, was born, was died and was crucified and raised from the dead and went up to glory, since that time, we've seen your faithfulness in the church, generation upon generation upon generation, and we are the fruit of your faithfulness. And so, Father, we bless you and we pray this morning that as we look at your word, that you would speak to us and that you would encourage and enable us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, over this last period, we've really been just talking about our journey of what we feel God is saying. So if you've not, um, if you weren't here for those messages, they are on our website. We also have uh, a podcast, which you'll find on our website. So the stuff is there. We're only releasing it as audio for two reasons. One, we are what would be classed as a talking head. There's not much else that's going on. And if it's on audio, it's much easier. Did you know if you have an Alexa device, you can say, Alexa, play Hope Church podcast, and it will play you the last message that we've put on from church. So you can even listen to it in many different ways. We've done that because we feel audio is much more accessible. You can listen to it in the car. You can listen to it while you're walking. But our messages are, I really feel God is taking us on a journey of where we're going. Now, we've already said that we are in a period of transition. I mean, I hope most of you have kind of sussed what is going on in the world and what is going on in the church is transition. Everything that us who are a little bit older would have termed standard foundational things, they're all shifting. Values are shifting. You know, everything is beginning to shift. So we're in this period of transition. Change is here to stay, and we don't know what the future holds. I wish I knew what the future holds, but I don't. And so the question comes, where do we go from here? In these changing times, in this time of transition, where do we go from here? I was in a leaders meeting with a couple of other AOG ministers, and we were just talking about things, how churches were, and and, and one church is doing a hundred days of prayer. And he was talking about just the power that prayer is releasing to them as a congregation. And although we don't know what's on the road ahead, Jesus does. Jesus knows what's on the road ahead. How can we access that? The simple thing is by praying. I think prayer has to be one of the most underrated activities in the Christian church. Throughout the history of the church, prayer has been instrumental in doing just about anything. Every revival that has ever occurred has occurred because two or more people have been praying. God works through prayer. The tragedy in many churches is that the prayer meeting is the least attended meeting in the week. And sometimes people don't seem to look forward to it. And yet, we know that the call of prayer is undeniable. It's everywhere in the scriptures. It's everywhere with the people of God. The word prayed appears 349 times in the Bible. 
I chose the word prayed, not prayer, because prayed reflects the action. Somebody prayed. 349 times it's recorded in the Bible that somebody prayed. We're told in James uh, chapter 5 and verse 15, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and it's effective. When we pray, there is power and there is effect. Things that we can't change. I can't go down to 10 Downing Street and change some of the ridiculous policies, but when I pray, God can. Prayer is the most powerful thing that we can do. It is one of the most effective things that we can take part in. Do you want to change the world? Well, then pray. Do you want to see a breakthrough? Well, then pray. Do you need a miracle? Well, then pray. Are you sick? Well, then pray. Are you in trouble? Pray. Are you living in fear? Pray. Are you in need? Pray. Do you want to know what to do next? Well, then pray. Do you want to know what God's will is in your life? Then pray. Prayer is the answer that you have been looking for. The Psalms teach us this. Out of great need, men and women cry out to God in the Psalms and he answers. The Psalms start with a prayer. They start with crying out to God and they end in praise because our God is faithful. We are called to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray continually. Wow, what a challenge. Now let me tell you, pray continually doesn't mean that you need to be on your knees like this at all times praying. Did you know you can pray while you're photocopying? You can pray while you're making a cup of coffee. You can pray in the shower. You can pray while you're having a bath. You can even pray while you're driving the car. Although don't close your eyes. 1 Timothy 2 verse 8, I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer. Luke 18.1, always pray and do not give up. Man, sometimes we feel like giving up. But prayer allows us to push through. Jesus said this, my house shall be called a house of prayer. This is a house of prayer. We are a people of prayer. Now, sometimes we get a bit stuck. What do we pray for? Well, I can give you a list of 30 people who currently need prayer. But let me go through some of the things that we're told in the Bible to pray for. Matthew 5:44, pray for those who persecute you. Ooh. I mean, really, you want to punch them in the nose, don't you? But we're supposed to pray for them. Matthew 9:38, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers in his harvest field. What a great prayer. Matthew 26:41, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Wow, we all need that. Temptations are everywhere. 2 Corinthians 13:7, now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. What a great prayer for your fellow brothers and sisters. What a great prayer for Boris. Lord, let him not do anything wrong. That would be amazing. Colossians 1 verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray. 
Colossians 1.9, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. How about praying that every day over all of the believers in Hope Church? Wouldn't that be a great thing? That was Colossians 1.9, in case you need the reference. Colossians 4.3, And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in change. You know, that's my prayer for you this morning, that wherever you are, that God may open a door for the message he has given you with the people that he has set you in the midst. I love that prayer. 1 Thessalonians 3.10 Night and day, oh, that gets a bit challenged now, night and day, Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Hey, that was a lockdown prayer, wasn't it? Night and day we pray. We want to see people again. 2 Thessalonians 1.11, we constantly pray for you that our God may count you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by faith. 2 Thessalonians 3.1, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honoured just as it was with you. Philemon 6, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. What a lovely prayer. James 5.13, is anyone in trouble? He should pray. James 5.14, is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Let me share you a quick story that Richard shared. You remember Richard? Richard, he's doing well in India. And um, yeah, he's out there working in India, doing lots of good stuff. But he was at a meeting where he said at the end, hey, can I pray for people? Um, woman came forward to pray and he said, have you got any oil? So he took the oil and he just touched her head and she went down, manifested and all kinds of stuff went on. And, and so prayed for her and then prayed for the, asked for the next person to come. Next person comes along, puts the finger in the oil, goes to touch the forehead, and this person's doing this. Wherever his finger goes, they're trying to avoid it. Touch the person, they went down again, manifested in God at work. But you see the power of prayer, of anointing with oil. These people were set free because they were prayed for and anointed with oil. We don't see it so much in the UK, but sometimes I think it's more to do with our faith than anything else. 1 John 5, 16, If anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead to death, he should pray and God will give him life. Now, today's message is entitled, And He Prayed. And I've entitled that because I'm going to go through a few scriptures of what happened when somebody prayed. In Genesis 20 and verse 17, then Abraham prayed to God. And God healed Abimelech, his wife and his slave girls, so they could have children again. Wow. A prayer that made the barren 
fruitful. Genesis 25, 21, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. The Lord answered his prayer and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant. Wow. Numbers 11, verse 1 to 2. Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of them on the outskirts of the camp. When the people cried out to Moses, he prayed to the Lord and the fire died down. Our prayers can avert wrath. 1 Samuel 1, 27. I, Hannah, prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. 2 Kings 6.17 And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of the horses and chariots of fire all around. In those days Hezekiah became ill. This is 2 Chronicles. In those days Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. He prayed to the Lord who answered him and gave him a, mirac a miraculous sign. Job 42 verse 10. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had. Acts 4.31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And this is one of my favourite ones, James 5, 17 and 18. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He was like you and me. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. Let me make a statement this morning. Without prayer, nothing is achieved. Without us praying, nothing is achieved. Our first instinct in terms of what we do should always be prayer. When you think about Elijah for a moment, Elijah prayed and it didn't rain, and then he prayed again and it did rain. Let me ask you, did Elijah have power to make it rain or not rain? No, he did not. But he asked him who did have the power. And that moved the hand of God to do something. And I want to challenge you this morning, hopefully a good challenge. Be a person of prayer. If you are, praise God. Keep going. Keep going. Keep praying. When we have a difficulty or trouble, the first solution is not Google. The first solution is that we pray. So what is prayer? Let me say firstly, prayer is not praying into the ether. What do I mean by that? I mean we're not praying into some black hole that just sucks up our words. It's not like writing a letter to Santa Claus where we don't expect a response. If we don't believe in what we're praying, why are we praying? We need to believe what we are praying. Now, the essence of prayer is very simply talking to God. That's it in a nutshell. 
If you go through every prayer in the Bible, it is somebody talking to God and God responding. And that praying includes listening. And it also includes waiting expectantly in faith. That's a bit of a challenge. The faith expectation should cause us to look for the answers of our prayers that God will give to us through scripture, through people, or through circumstances. James 1, 6-8 talks about asking for wisdom, but it's also kind of in prayer. He says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all that he does. I love this story in Acts chapter 12. In Acts chapter 12, we've just seen James has been killed by the sword. Herod's taken him, run him through with a sword, and now he's captured Peter and thrown him in prison. And it says in Acts 12 verse 5, so Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now, we know the story, an angel comes and frees him from prison, leads him out, and all the, the shackles fall off, the gates open, the, the gate to the city opens, and then he's left on his own. And then it says this in verse 12, when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. So these people are praying for Peter in prison. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognising Peter's voice, in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him, and they were amazed. You know what that teaches us? It teaches us that when we pray, that God will answer prayer, and he may answer it quicker than we expected. They did not think that Peter, who was in prison with, with uh, James just having been killed, that they said, Lord, we're praying for him, and then two minutes later, he's knocking at the door. And so I want to encourage you, when you ask God, expect. Don't ask God anything that you don't expect him to do. It's about believing prayer. Mark eleven twenty four underlines this. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, the best examples of how to pray are the Psalms. The Psalms are just amazing. You know, there are 150 for you to choose from and you can find one that will fit your mood for the day. Pray it. Pray it to God. When we pray, we always need to remember the character of God. What, what do I mean here? Our expectation when we ask somebody for something depends on their character. If you go to somebody who is a mean and miserly person and you say, hey, can you lend me X? You're not going to expect anything back because of the character of the person. If you go to somebody who's very generous and kind, you know. You know, my kids know 
who to go to that they are more likely to get an answer from than the other. You know, if you're a parent, I bet your kids know. They go, well, you know, if we go to mum, she'll say no. Or if we go to dad, he'll go, oh yeah, dad will say okay. Well, let's go to dad. Now, God is not capricious. The word capricious means this, given to sudden and unaccountable changes of mood or behavior. God is solid. Did you know he loves you? Did you know that when you sin, he still loves you? He loves you all the time. He loves you when you're doing the right things. He loves you when you're doing the wrong things. He loves you when you're in difficulty. He loves you when things are going well. He loves you. And so when you come to him, as your father, you can expect him to answer your prayer. Now, sometimes, Joss and I, we, we always, with our children, for the first five years, I think um, the, the word we used all the time was no. You know, as the kids were growing up, I think the first word Zoe said was probably no as well uh, from it. But, you know, there are times, as parents, when you say no. If you're a parent, have you ever said no to your kids? Yeah. There are times when we ask God and God says, I love you, but no. And we can ask again, he says, I love you, but it's still no. And we can keep on asking, but at some point we will kind of get the picture, God says no. And when God says no, it's not because he doesn't like us, it's because he knows it's not good for us. My son, I'm going to whisper now because he's next door. My son, if he is left to it, will empty the sweetie cupboard, the crisp cupboard, the cake cupboard. He will empty the whole lot and he will not stop. So we've got to say no. You've had a bit of chocolate, that's fine. Leave it now. No. Can I have some more? No. Can I have some crisp? No. Can I have a cake? No. Why? Because we know it's best for him if he doesn't consume all of that sugar and salt. And so God knows what is good for us, and sometimes he will say to us, no, that's not good for you. You might not understand it now, but it is definitely not good for you. God is a God of justice. He's a God of righteousness and truth. He is a God who upholds a just cause. And in the lives, you know, our lives, if we do what is right and good, we pray with confidence. Psalm 72, 12 to 14, gives this amazing promise. For he delivers the needy when he calls, the poor and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy, and he saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. It's a great prayer over those in Afghanistan. God meets the need of the needy. And so as we close this morning, my question to you is this. How is your prayer life? Elijah was a human being like us, and yet he prayed and he accomplished amazing things. I wonder this morning what you can accomplish in prayer. You might say, oh, nothing, I'm a nobody. Hey, it's not to do, it's to do with asking. God is the one who shifts the thing. You know, in some ways, it's a very poor example, but it's just popped into mind. It's a bit like Amazon. When you order something from Amazon, you don't go into Amazon warehouse, get the stuff, pack it up, give it to the delivery guy. You don't go around the house and give it. 
It's all done by somebody else. You just click this little buy button and it's all miraculously done. When we pray, the miracle comes from the hand of God, not from us. We are the ones asking. And if God says yes, he is the one who does it. And so I want to encourage you this morning, there is a power that God has given to you that will release a whole load of things. I remember many years ago, Jill preaching a sermon about God showing people the kind of warehouse of all the things that he wants to give to his church and they're all sitting dusty on the shelf because no one's asking. Let's speak to God. Let's talk to him in God. We can conquer kingdoms and bring miracles in. How many miracles do you need in your life today? How many breakthroughs are you looking for in your life? How many things need to change in the lives around us, in our own lives, even in our nation and in the world? Surely the starting point for anything is that we should be people of prayer. Surely for us at Hope Church, before we move ahead and do anything, we should be a praying people. God has given us a power that can change the world, can change all things and can stop Satan and that power is called prayer. Any believer in Jesus can do it. Can be done at any time, in any place, in any language, about anything and God promises to answer. You are like Elijah or maybe Elijah is like you. Elijah didn't stop the rain or start the rain, God did, but Elijah asked. So can you. You know, I look, there are 50, 60 Elijahs sitting here where you can do amazing things when you ask. Finally, there is even one more powerful thing in prayer, and that's praying together. Let me read to you a quote from David Pawson. This has greatly challenged me. He says this, I, he quotes the scripture um, in Matthew 18, 19 to 20. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And then David Pawson says this, that is a promise you cannot claim unless you pray with one or two other people. It is a promise you have to leave aside, uh, sorry, it is a promise you have to leave on one side if you always pray alone. And it is a promise of the Lord Jesus. And so what am I saying this morning? I'm saying pray. Pray about all things. But I'm also saying to you, pray with others. If you're in a home where there's more than one Christian, agree about things. Jocelyn and I, we have testimony after testimony where when we agree something together, God does it. He doesn't do it when I'm praying on my own, but when I'm praying with somebody else, this promise kicks in. So if you consistently pray as a married couple, as a family, or with a Christian friend at work, or you meet over the phone or Zoom, if you agree together, he promises to do it. That is an amazing thing. Just think of the many things you can change. And so I want to encourage you this morning. There is a power that God has given to us. It's called prayer. We can do it at any time. 
it will release so much blessing and power from God that I just want to encourage you. And those of you who are our prayer warriors, I want to commend you this morning. I know there are some of you here and you pray faithfully daily for the church, for God's people. And I just want to commend you this morning and encourage you, don't give up. It says, pray and do not give up. Continue, we need it. But I want to rouse the rest of us. Let's be praying people. Let's pray about everything and every situation we face. I'm going to finish with a prayer. Father, I want to thank you that you love us. Father, I want to thank you that you have said that if we ask, you will answer. And Father, I'm coming this morning and I'm asking on behalf of all of those who are present here this morning, I want to pray, not only would you give us a hunger in prayer, but I pray that you would give us faith in prayer. I want to pray that you would renew our faith in prayer that we would be able to ask and look expectantly for your response. Father, I thank you that you've called us to be a praying people, that you've called Hope Church to be a house of prayer. And I want to pray that you would enable us today. Give us great prayers, not prayers that are eloquent and long, but prayers that are humble and full of faith. And so, Father, I pray for your people. Strengthen them, bless them, Make your face shine upon them. Give them peace. Give them wisdom and lead them on in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.